I, I definitely cranked it to June Smart. Believe I have. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is... Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Taz is I mean, Sal is here. It's Taz! Look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my dick. And you're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. We back, bitches! That's right, the rundown is back on the air. It is me, Jason, in the host chair tonight. I am joined here by the one and only Sal. What's up, pal? Brother, what's going on? It's been too long! Absolutely. We sat down and had ourselves a little podcast. All right, so we should catch the folks up, the fine listeners up, on what's been going on. Uh, we sort of inexplicably took a two-week break out of nowhere. So let's pull the curtain back and let people know what's been going on. Um, as I'm sure many of you have heard, because, I mean, I've heard it when I wasn't on the show and I went back and listened, and I'm sure, Sal, you feel the same way. Um, those last few months of shows, there was a definite sort of down energy to the show not our usual enjoyment um didn't feel like we were having the same kind of fun we used to have and uh we had a long talk amongst all the hosts um trying to come up with uh things we could do or or solutions and you know somebody had proposed the idea of shutting down the podcast and i was not in favor of that and i don't I, you know um i hope you guys listening aren't either um but when we talked about it, when we really broke it down, I think we came to the conclusion that the most fun we had doing the podcast was sort of this stuff. When we're bullshitting it with each other before the shows, um, when we're talking about our personal lives and the things that interest us and things going on in the world, I think that's when we had the most fun and we enjoyed sort of the conversation the most. Um, because I think when we got down to talking about wrestling, it was so draining on us um, because – most of what we were talking about was stuff we didn't enjoy. And we found ourselves trying to cram in, you know, nine hours of TV, maybe an hour, two hours of which we actually enjoyed. Um, and it just, I think, took a mental toll on us. And none of us were sort of enjoying what we were doing anymore. So I think I proposed, and, and I think everybody else was on board pretty much, um, the notion that we change the format here a little bit and what we're going to do going forward, at least for now, and maybe the, the 
weekly products will improve to the point that we'll feel much better about them. But um, what we're going to try to do is just sort of make this a general uh, – we're still going to lean towards wrestling. We are still the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. We're still going to talk about wrestling. Um, but we're going to lean into some more stuff, stuff that interests us, stuff that's going on in our lives. Um, we might we might shoot the shit about sports a little bit. We might shoot shit about current events. We might talk about what's going on with our personal stuff. Um, just stuff that's more real, more interesting to us, stuff we enjoy. Treat this more like a few wrestling fans get together and hang out with their buddies and talk about life as well as wrestling. Um, and I think that's sort of where we sort of went, oh, all right, well, I'd be on board for something like that. I know you were you were down for that, Sal. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, I have a lot of fun podcasting with you guys. And obviously, you guys know at home, we've had a lot of hosts. And as we're getting older, our lives ain't getting boringer. You know, we're all getting busier. So it, it's it's been difficult. But myself, Jason, Troy, Adam, I think we all want to keep this going. And the product has weight on us. I mean, I, look, as a longtime wrestling fan, and we'll talk more about that later, but, you know, pandemic wrestling was the worst that, it, you know, the product had ever been. And then ever since then, we were just waiting for it to get better. But the problem is crowds have been back for a year. We're still waiting for it to get better. Mm. And uh, as Jason said, there's a lot more that we don't enjoy that that we than what we do. What we do is fleeting and nine hours of TV. So we'll still talk about it. We'll definitely talk about wrestling news, but we're gonna have fun. Talk yeah. about whatever. Talk about music. Talk about movies. And, and I think honestly, you mentioned the pandemic, and I think that played a huge part. Now, first off, honestly, and I can say this without um, even questioning what I'm about to say, but doing this show talking to you guys every single week was a big part at least mentally for me getting through that two years um it was sort of my escape every week because we weren't seeing other human beings very regularly so we could hop on this thing once a week see each other's faces have conversations interact with other people that lived outside of our houses um and that was huge for me i I think i've said it before but i appreciate you guys for that so much because i don't know how i would have gotten through that two years without that sort of um escape if you know what i mean um but when you talk about where we've come from pandemic wrestling i think um part of the thing at least for me and i've come to realize over the last few weeks as we discussed how to handle things one of the things that I realized that I think was is really sapping my enjoyment is, and you've mentioned this before, so I'm, I'm not going to say this is a brand new idea because you've you've even hinted to this. Um, there is perhaps now more than ever an incredible amount of negativity amongst the fan base. Because it's not just about what you enjoy anymore. It's about AEW fans have to hate everything and shit on everything WWE does, and vice versa. WWE fans have to shit on everything AEW does. So if you're on social media and you're a wrestling fan, you are just constantly deluged and reminded how bad shit is. And even stuff that you might be watching on TV and you enjoy it, and then you go on TV, it's like, well, no, you're a fucking asshole if you enjoy that because it sucked because Tony Khan would have done this or Vince McMahon should have done that or... And I really do feel like that's been a huge part of why I haven't enjoyed things as much as I should have. And I, I, I am big into social media, and part of me sort of 
wants to take a break from wrestling social media, and I think it would be more beneficial to my attitude towards the product and even my podcasting here. Um, so I've been trying to be less and less on that in general. Of course, even my personal social media, I've tried to because over the last two years, everyone's just lost their shit. It's like you can't disagree with anybody anymore. It's like everyone's created their own little echo chamber where the only thing they hear is the same thing that they already think and nobody gets pushed or challenged or forced to rethink or reevaluate. And I think that's caused uh, a lot of stress amongst people and strains amongst friendships and all that sort of stuff. And the wrestling social media sphere hasn't been any different in that way. Right. And so (laughs) it's funny you mention that because I don't know if it's just a sign of the times. Um, But we all, especially the, the internet wrestling community, the people who listen to podcasts, the people who, who watched, you know, other stuff other than WWE and watched it constantly. We all used to have fun, even when we were making fun of it, or even if we were ripping off, we all used to have fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember even the early days of the rundown. There's plenty of times that, that you and Adam never agreed. <laughs> but but it was fun even just making fun of stuff. And and like you said, it's gotten to the point where just like everything else, um, you're either on one side or the other and nobody has any time for any anything in between. Mm-hmm. And it's it's absolutely annoyed the shit out of me because mm-hmm. dude, I I watch wrestling to escape. Right. And I've always had fun watching wrestling. In fact, while we were on our break, uh, they had WWE WrestleMania Backlash. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the night after to open Raw, they had a video recap of Cody and Seth. Mm-hmm. And in that video, it showed Cody coming out of Mania. And there was some little kid. He was like eight years old. And he jumped out of his friggin' bed, and he was like, Cody! Mm -hmm. And I was like, that was me. Mm -hmm. When I was eight years old, or I was nine years old, and Ultimate Warrior came back at WrestleMania 8, I did the same thing. And that's what I think a lot of people have have lost. The fun, man. Like, it used to be fun. No, and and that's 100% true. And I think, like I said, I think that was weighing on all of us. And I think even... To the point where we all sort of started taking things more personal than we ever have before. I mean, we used to bust each other's balls on this show all the time. I mean, we had running gags on the regular, um, just shots at each other, shots at me, shots at Troy, whatever. And it was never a thing. We'd always laugh about it. And it felt like over the last two years, we all started to... Lose, I don't want to say lose my smile or lose our smiles a la Shawn Michaels, but um, just started to take things a little more personal. And I don't know if it's just that, that two years, that lack of sort of real-life human interaction on a regular basis sort of took that normalcy of sort of ball-busting away from us and made us a little more sensitive to things than we probably should have been. And I think that factored into some of the, the issues we had over the last couple months. Um, and I know I'm going to do my best to try to get back to just having fun with this shit and not taking any of it seriously. Um, listen, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that you and I aren't going to fucking scream at each other at some point and argue over some stupid shit CM Punk said or did. Um, but the fact is, 
I enjoy doing that with you. I'm a, I'm right. straight up and honestly, I know it bothers some people when we we yell at each other, but the reality of the situation is to me, I grew up in an old school Irish household and when you fucking disagree with somebody, you fucking yelled at each other until you figured out who was right and who was wrong and that was how it is. Um and so I personally enjoy it. That's a throwback to me in my youth when we do that. Um and there's no malice behind it. There's no negativity behind it. It's just we're trying to win an argument and uh I, I appreciate that. So um but listen, we, we, we've got so much stuff I think we want to talk about. It's been like three weeks since anyone's heard from us, so why don't you catch us up, Sal? What's been going on with you? Well, it's been a crazy couple weeks. Um, I, I did start that new job for the state. and Haven't gotten fired I, yet? Nope, nope. But okay. I do remember you saying that, you know, it, it kind of made you miffed a little bit that I could possibly get a job just like that, even though you had to go to school for for like 10 years or something. Um, Well, the reality is, the reality is, I'm nowhere near that level. This is very basic shit. Like, there's a lot of systems, and I gotta learn a lot of systems, but this is basically password resets and, like, account unlocks. Now, is there a chance for advancement? Of course, it's the state, but that's the thing, it's the state. So there's... So nothing makes sense, and uh, there's a lot of redundancy, and you just kind of shut your mouth and you do you do the job, which I'm fine with. Hey, they're giving me a paycheck that was more than my last job, yeah. uh, significantly actually. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm good. And if I finish my degree in two years, and there's a chance to move up because I work for the state, even better. So what I'm hearing is that now you're going to be able to remove your own porn viruses from your own laptop. That's right. Okay, good to know. That's right. Good to know. <laughs> oh god. I'm learning about all types of stuff, clearing caches and all that stuff. Cash. Cash. Yes, cash. Cash rules everything around me. Uh so, uh, what, what about you? How how you been? I mean, I'd love to tell you I have this grand fucking story of what's been going on in my life, but as I think everyone that's listened to me on this show for a while knows, it's baseball season, so it's baseball, baseball, baseball in my house. Um, my son's team, congratulations, uh, went 10-0 and in their division in AAU, uh, won their division, won the number one seed overall in the playoffs, but we finished our division schedule ahead of other teams, so we've got to wait a couple weeks um, before we get to, you know, we're not on TV, so nobody sees you changing your background. Um, well, you don't have to look at Elias and Ezekiel. We're not on Twitch. No, I get to look at, I, I provided you with a lovely viewing experience there. And then you you're blocking at, completely, but that's well, okay. You know. um, <laughs> but yeah, so congratulations to them. Undefeated in the division. Uh, number one seed overall when the playoffs start. And as for undefeated, our town ball team, which I'm coaching, is also undefeated at 7-0. and Just picked up win number seven the other day, going for win number eight tomorrow. Um, so it's been it's been fun. It's been a lot of work, but it's it's pretty cool. So now I don't have sons. I was I was blessed with daughters, right? And it's been a long time. Why'd you roll your eyes when you said that, Sal? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been a long time since I've been uh, involved at the little league level. Probably thirty years. And even still, even then, I think I played like one season. So, how many games are there typically in a season? Is it like twelve? Is it? It can vary. Um, Our schedule this year actually had fourteen. Okay. uh, We added one this week, so I'm going to end up with fifteen. So, um, 
So, so we're talking one game a week or that. more than one game a week? Oh, no, we're playing. So, for example, this week we played, we, we're, we will have or are playing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Monday. Oh, man, that's worse than eighth grade basketball. <laughs> <laughs> we used to play um, like two or three times a week. <laughs> yeah, well, um, but no, it, it's it's great, and I, I, I do enjoy it, and there's a part of me that's in trying to relish every second of it this year because it's my son's last year in majors and next year mm-hmm. he'll he'll move on to the big field and you know there's there's definitely a romance to little league baseball in that small field and um, seeing these kids come up from you know minors all the way to the same group that he's been with since minors and now watching them all hit home runs and do really cool shit and start to look at who we're gonna play in high school and shit it, it's I, I'm getting old man nostalgia vibes, and um, but it really is. It, it's been an unbelievably awesome ride, and I'm, I'm truly blessed to have been able to do it and looking forward to finishing it out, hopefully with a championship. That would be a nice way to go out. Yeah, absolutely. And then we go What's to All-Stars. What's that looking like? And, uh, well, like I said, we're, we're 7-0. So no, we're no, I mean um, time-wise. Is that like end of June? Uh, for the chance to the local champion, the town championship is, is June. Uh, we'll get into All Stars around mid July. Um, will be the the play in rounds for the All Stars, and we'll go from there. And then August, his AAU team goes up to Cooperstown, New York, to compete in the tournament. So, oh. yeah. So it's a it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun, and uh, wouldn't trade it. So awesome, awesome. So. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I'd much rather talk about the success of your son's little league team than the failure of the Red Sox. But you know, <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, I did hear just quickly because it's on my mind. Avaldi uh, gave up five home runs tonight in one inning. Yep. Oh, what the fuck? That's got to be a record, right? <laughs> well, I, I, we should we should preface everything we're about to say is. Without Troy here, everyone else on the show is a Massachusetts sports fan. So uh, if you are not, please understand you're probably going to hear more of this stuff, and you feel free to fast forward if you want. Um, but yeah, we're we're just Bruins just got eliminated when we're recording this. The Celtics are currently playing Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals, so you might hear me scream at some point over the course of the show as the lead is already down to six as we just start the second half. Uh, but uh, it's been it's been a hell of a playoff run so far for not only the Celtics but just the NBA in general. Yeah, NBA's had some um, very exciting playoff series this year. Uh, although every now and then there's been like a forty five point loss. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and it's random. It's random as fuck. There's no reason why Golden State lost by like fifty points to the Grizzlies and in, in that series, but. Right, but it it happened. <laughs> well, and then you look at the, the complete failure of the Phoenix Suns in Game Seven. Just <sighs> didn't. I mean, when Luka Doncic has more has the same amount of points at the half that the entire Suns team has by himself. That's I, I mean that's just a complete no show. And the Suns benched DeAndre Ayton for this game and haven't said why yet. At least not that I've seen. I don't know, but I, I will say that. So I was I was out, and I was just doing errands on Sunday, and a friend of mine texted me, and he's like, "Did you see the score at half?" And I'm like, "No," and he sent me a screenshot, and I was like, "At the half?" 
It I was, was like, unbelievable. I just I, Devin Booker's always been a streaky shooter. He's never somebody that's like consistently you can count on. But it just amazed me that that whole team could only manage twenty seven points in playoff basketball. Well, Chris Paul's never been a guy that just completely fades like that and just completely unable to make a basket. It was very uh, disappointing. Uh, Do you know who got? <laughs> I love Chris Paul. Chris Paul used to be my favorite, one of my favorite players. Um, do you know what class Chris Paul was drafted in? Yeah, he was in the Banana Boat Boys, right? Uh, well, <laughs> it was LeBron, and Carmelo, yeah. Carmelo. They call themselves the Banana Boat Boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, look at all of them right now. Chris Bosh, by the way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so two of them are retired. Yeah. Two of them are complete shells of their former self. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's Chris Paul's getting old, man. Like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And and so this is where we talk about a little bit with local flavor because and Troy, I don't know if Troy's just here because he didn't want to, isn't here because he didn't want to talk about this. But um, the Boston Celtics just came off what to me is one of the better seven game series in recent memory with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Celtics, of course, triumphantly walking away victorious with, I, I gotta say, now the rest of the world is starting to see what we've been seeing for the last couple of years, that Jason Tatum has arrived as a superstar in this league. 100%. That dude is, he, he is top five. I, I have no problem saying that. He is top five in this league. Top five. Okay, so who, who do you have top five then? So, Giannis is up. Giannis is definitely there. Yep. Um, Kevin Durant. Steph Curry first, and I, I will completely not let this year throw me. So I will say Durant. Okay. And then it used to be Kawhi Leonard, but. Not for the past couple seasons, mm-hmm. so can't be James Harden anymore. No, I think you got to put not Embiid. Embiid. It, you got to put Embiid top five, dude. He was top three in well, MVP I, voting. I, well, then I'll go. I would rather I'll take the guy who got the MVP over Embiid. Okay, uh, so you take Jokic. Yeah, you got to put Tatum above Embiid. Yeah, if, who if who do I want? To lead my franchise to a title. Who can lead my... He can. Jason Tatum can. Okay, you're putting Tatum over LeBron? At this point in his career, I think I think LeBron's one or two years tops left in him. Well, right, but where's he at right now? Is Would you put Tatum over... Le- are you willing to say you're putting Tatum over LeBron right now? At this point, yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't think... In fact, if they were to play each other in a meaningful game, I don't think LeBron can keep up with Tatum anymore. I mean, LeBron always had trouble keeping up with Tatum. He always Tatum always seemed to have his best games playing against LeBron. But um, it's funny because I remember a couple of years ago when we were playing in the bubble, people comparing, legitimately trying to make comparisons between Jason Tatum and Pascal Siakam. And it's like, look, Siakam's good, but he ain't that dude. Like, no, 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 he's not. And what I love about this team is all, all the supporting players that are stepping up. Um, you got people like uh, Peyton Pritchard stepping up. Mm-hmm. You the, got people. Oops, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, you got people like, um, Grant Williams. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just trying to think because Horford smart. Like you expect that from them. Brown, you expect that from them, but I'm trying to think of someone who, um, you're not, well, Robert Williams came, is playing big tonight. Yes. And the first so, half he did. The second half so far has been all heat, but, um, I, you said no to Grant Williams. This is the guy who is the reason you're in the Eastern Conference Finals with the game four, with the game seven performance. So, what uh, a fucking performance! Yeah, that was incredible. Oh, so that's uh, how political do we want to get on here? So, well, before, before we get political, there was a story that just broke yesterday. That everybody seems to be talking about in the world of wrestling. Oh, so okay. Kinda, I we so if we kind of dip, no, if we kind of dip in and out, right? I thought you were talking about me. That photo that circulated me hanging dong. Well, I mean, that's going to be the the story of the summer. But you know, <laughs> let let's talk about what happened yesterday at Monday Night Raw. What we've heard has happened. Let's. Well, okay. So there's two. Two things. There's the report. All right. Well, why don't you run down the situation and then we'll talk about it. Okay. It was reported that late yesterday afternoon, uh, all plans for the main event of Raw had to be rewritten. Everything got changed. Well, so much so that they advertised the original match at the beginning of the show. So obviously things were still fluid as the show took to the air. And the reason was apparently they were going to do a six-woman, six-pack challenge to determine the number one contender to fight Bianca at Hell in a Cell. Uh, The tag champs, Sasha Banks and Naomi, were going to be involved in this. They didn't... The story goes, they didn't appreciate the creative, and they left. They got an argument, and they left. Both of them. And that's why the whole show had to be rewritten. Now, there's been a ton of stories that have come out since then, but one of the biggest surprises is that the WWE issued a statement during Raw. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to read that statement? Go I do it. have it. it. Okay. Let me go ahead and just get that here. Okay. Let's see here. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE Head of Talent Relations' John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed the Tag Team Championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as Tag Team Champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver, as advertised, tonight's main event. You rarely see that from WWE during a show. You also had Corey Graves on the live broadcast calling Sasha Banks unprofessional, etc., so... Oh, that part I didn't really hear. Is that what he, he said she was unprofessional? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Apparently that line was fed to him directly from Vince McMahon, as the story goes. So here's what we know. We know that a year and a half ago, there was a huge 
situation where Sasha was off TV for a good few months and it was reported that she was unhappy with her creative or her direction. Nobody really confirmed or denied or, you know, can't get any true facts about what happened, but she came back eventually. She won the title. She lost the title to Bianca. And she was supposed to be at SummerSlam. And then she wasn't. And now, so now we have a third situation where she may have just left during work, essentially. Leaving her shift during work. Okay, can we stop for one second, though? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're trying to paint the picture that Sasha just skipped out on SummerSlam when in reality she was out because she had COVID. Was that confirmed? Yes. Okay. If that, I, I apologize. I did not know that was confirmed. Um, what do you think of this situation? Well, before I start this, my take on this situation, let me just point mm-hmm. out that I recall a recent, not too past, uh, history of a story circulating about Bailey and Sasha Banks pouting and having a temper tantrum on the floor because they didn't want to lose their titles at WrestleMania to the Iconics. You remember that story? I do. Okay, do you remember what happened with that story ultimately? It was proved to be untrue. Okay. For whatever reason, the wrestling media or the internet trolls, however you want to phrase it, have sort of taken Sasha and targeted her, made her the subject of a lot of these false rumors. Um, now, maybe you can say that some of that is because there has been a history of somewhat erratic behavior, um, but there's a long history of half-truths and, and made-up rumors as it relates to Sasha Banks. Would you agree with that? Oh, I would absolutely agree with that, but as a as a long, long-time Shawn Michaels fan... You know just as well as I do. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Sure, absolutely. Um, but that being said, I, I know you, at least from the conversations in our host, I know you feel differently. This, to me, is reeks of a work. It's either a work or it's something that happened that they're turning into a work. And my my response to that was, will. Will WWE try to spin this the way they want to? Sure, of course they will. That's their job. Uh, was this a planned angle? I don't think so. So I'm kind of leaning towards what you were saying as, as maybe they're turning it into a work. So for, so let, let's just run through things. If you're to believe that this is a legitimate story, mm-hmm. that, that it went down the way it was being reported, in order to get there... You have to first believe that the wife of one of the biggest acts in the company currently just walked out while her husband stayed at the show and appeared on TV. You know, you know, you're giving me this, this face. Why, why is that? I saw a lot of memes going around today of, of yes, I, watch I, out, Jimmy's on. <laughs> so it's not like they have spotless track records where they could just leave too. You know what I mean? Well, like, no, but they have track records where Naomi got herself in trouble to protect Jay and vice versa. In yeah, the past. sure. But, but so you now we have so many of those in your, in, well, right, in but your this is the case pocket. where they're talking to each other out of it. They had, they were both in the arena 
we would have to presuppose that Jay told her, or at least knew she was walking out at some point, because I would assume that as her husband that they at least have some conversation about something like that. Oh, yeah, sure. And then he was just like, I right, cool, you do that, I'm going to stay right here and be on TV. Well, I think the conversation was more like, you know you might get fired. I don't care. I don't want to deal with them. Okay, you do you, but I we need an income, so I'm going to stay here. But we've also seen you. in the past, <laughs> and the problem with that is we've seen in the past when one spouse sort of acts out, they take it out on the other. I give you, you know, oh, God, what was her Punk name? Punk and A.J. Lee? Taryn Tyrell and Drew McIntyre. Oh, I thought you were going to say Punk and A.J. Lee. Because no. um, she stayed, and she was there, and she didn't leave. And they made her a comedy act for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, this is Jimmy, though. See, it's reversed. When it's the guy, I don't know if they care as much. Uh, they they did when uh, Zelina Vega left. They did sort of back burner everything they had going on with Aleister Black, didn't they? I mean, they were on different shows anyway at that point. But that's not the point. But, the point is they, they do tend to take it out on the spouse, historically so, at least. Okay, I think the weirdest part about this, because we all, we, me and you know not to believe the dirt sheets. There's probably half-truths in, in what was reported. Nothing's factual. But what we have not seen in recent memory is the WWE talk about this openly and post something uh, during Monday Night Raw. Now, it wasn't on Raw. They didn't put it like on the big screen or anything, but it is a little out of character for them. Which is what lends to my criticism or my speculation, at least, that it's a work. Now, the only thing that is concerning, right, if you hear nothing about this for the next three months, if you don't hear anything... For, for, for the record, I know, Sal, you're, you're watching the game. Uh, the Celtics are halfway through the third quarter, and they've scored two points in the quarter. Go ahead. Uh, that's not good. So, if if you um, you know, now nah, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, if you don't see Sasha and Naomi for the next two months and they just don't talk about them, then you know it wasn't a work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? No, um, that's true. I feel like they they for done... what then? What, for time off? Like is that like, the... what? If the plan is to build this into a story where they come back NWO style and try to take over the women's division, so sure, yeah, you know. So let's wait for a second. Let, let's for a second assume there's reality to the story. Right. Do you really blame them? No. no. Okay, so that's the other thing. I okay. Um, I know I've been kind of, you know, taking shots of Sasha and being like, oh, this isn't the first time. But I don't really blame her. She's always been very passionate about wrestling and and women's wrestling specifically. And she's always been willing to put her body on the line for years. She's watched them make Becky a household name. Well, so it's interesting that you said that because when we when they came up and the four horsewomen arrived, I think even at that time, Sasha was the one that had the most hype coming off that NXT run. Um, she was still the NXT Women's Champion at the time she debuted on the main roster. Um, and I and I feel like she was sort of the golden ticket one. And since that time, management fell in love with Charlotte Flair. Becky Lynch emerged as a worldwide star. Um, 
Ronda Rousey's come in and sort of taken a top spot. Bianca Belair has been elevated to that spot. It feels like Sasha has really become sort of an afterthought in the women's division, despite, I would make the case, being probably one of the better best workers amongst that group by a good amount. Lest we forget, she spent two years making Bailey, uh, you know, a legitimate right. heel. Yeah. And then being a foil for that heel. And being a foil for Asuka that got Asuka over during the pandemic run. That too. So <laughs> Sasha's done a lot in this business for other people. Uh-huh. She's been very giving. And meanwhile, her title runs have been, you know, one defense and done up until the last till the last title run. And well, very that, insignificant, yeah, 100%. Not, not any real memorable moments to her title reigns. and um, But I think f- in a weird way... She feels an ownership over the women's tag titles. She feels like her and Bailey really pushed to create those titles, to have them mean something. And she, I, I do believe she probably takes great offense to the minimization of the titles, and including to the extent of you know taking the two champions, having them face each other in a match, and then go on two singles feuds and just not even defend their titles for months. So is that what was going to happen? That's the story. So, I mean, who was going to win? Oh, okay, so I didn't Naomi was going to feud with Bianca, and Sasha was going to feud with Ronda. Why? Because Naomi, I mean, you're going to do, you would do Naomi versus Bianca at Hell in a Cell? For what reason? I don't think that's a match anybody's been, like, clamoring for. Now, if you did Sasha and, and... uh, Bianca, at least there's some history there. We spend a lot of time complaining that it's there's never new faces in these championship programs, and then when they try to put new faces in there, we go, well, I don't know why that person's there. <laughs> so like, well, doesn't it feel a little Cesaro and, um, and Roman? A little bit, maybe. Like, oh, Naomi? Oh, well, she's not winning. <laughs> Where you are in the card, right? Now, speaking of which, uh, you're old school, and you came up in in one of the very, you know one of the most famous schools in the country with, with Kowalski, right? Around it, yeah. Okay, I I would get the sense that in the business, specifically when it comes to booking, you kind of do what you're told. You might gripe about it a little bit, but like. You don't walk out. Am I correct? Typically, no. But this is a different era of professional wrestling and professional wrestlers. Um, we, when you're talking about when I came through and and the people I'm I'm close to came through, it was all about the booker. The booker made the decision. The owner, the guy writing the check, you know, you just did what they said. Right. Now, when we're we're living in a world of, you know, AEW versus WWE and Impact's got money and New Japan's floating out there and there's all these these other opportunities. Now the wrestlers, the performers have more power and more ability to say, fuck your bullshit, I'm just going to go wait till my contract's up and go work somewhere else, a la FTR or PAC or any number of those people. Now we can sit here and argue all day, and we have done that ad nauseum on this show, <laughs> about whether they're better off where they are or not, but the reality is, if they're happier there, that's really all that fucking matters, and what we think about their booking doesn't matter at all, because that's not why they fucking left. Um, 
So I get your point, but I think it's just too different of a day and age in wrestling for that point anymore. Also, another thing that wrestlers didn't have access to a long time ago was mainstream appeal on television, on the internet, in movies, and Sasha has that. Like, right. like I, I'll give Troy credit. He said it. She doesn't need the WWE anymore. She's got her eyes on Hollywood if she wants it. Then again, <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin thought the same thing when The Condemned came out, right. and he didn't He didn't go on to be some type of uh, Dwayne Johnson, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Some people don't I, pan out. And I, and I always sort of I, – I cringe sometimes when people say that kind of stuff because it's like, well – yeah, they're they're sort of a a large, largely recognized outside by the casual fan, but they're recognized as that girl from WWE. It's not like anybody's going, oh, there's that girl from The Mandalorian. It's like, oh, there's Sasha Banks from WWE. Oh, she was in The Mandalorian. Oh, cool. Um, it's not like she's, you know, Scarlett Johansson. It's... Well, yeah. <laughs> see, it's funny you mentioned her too because I was just thinking of, of of Marvel, right? You can say that Batista at this point has he has fans that don't even know really about his wrestling career. Do you it's, know what I mean? Uh, and a lot of people who want to know how big his dick is. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so so he's kind of transcended. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where where. People will be like, oh, my God, that's Drax, not that's, you know, former world champion Dave Batista. So I don't I don't think Sasha's there yet. She could no. get there. Sure. Maybe. That uh, depends on what she's cast in. But like, I don't blame her either. But I also I don't know about the. I, I will say one thing that's weird. You have a feud that's been going on since Mania. And you've you've hyped it up as a cage match to finish off the feud. Why is that not the main event of your show? Why is this even a qu- like you know what I mean? I don't uh, understand that. Like, I mean, so former world heavy. I'm okay, sorry, so former there's, WWE two, champion there's two possibilities now. First off, uh, there's an old saying in the business: if you're not going on first, if you're not going on last, you want to go on first. Sure. Um, so rather than that match being buried in the middle of the show, I think they either, if it once it was decided it wasn't going to be the main event, and and here's the other part of this. Let's let's for the sake of argument play devil's advocate and say maybe that was supposed to be the main event. However, once all the flux started with the women's match, they couldn't open with that, so they had to move that back to the end of the show in order to f- straighten out what they were going to do. Oh, that um, makes sense. And then so they bumped. <laughs> that cage match to earlier in the show than it was originally planned to be. I didn't think of that. That's a good one. So, yeah, it's a possibility. And and to be fair, we might hear 16 different stories from now sure. till next week. Sure. But who knows what's true until we see how it plays out on TV and or anybody officially does anything. Right. Like uh, leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and let's just quell the rumors sasha banks is not going to aew she's not going to you know control your narrative she's not going to any of those places she's under contract she's only going anywhere if WWE allows her to um yes. so she we'll is see. under contract yes and the so, only thing she can do is what most nfl players are doing these days and that's sit out right 
She so could. We'll, we'll sit back and we'll wait and see what happens over the next couple of weeks with that. Um, so can, we, can I talk about one thing that that's going on in the world of AEW that I don't understand? And maybe you've been you're a long-time AEW guy on this network, so maybe you can explain to me why this makes any sense. Okay. So I've been skeptical, and I've I've gone in on this over-promotion of Hook since he debuted. However, that overhype, that overpromotion was built around this guy being a legit badass, destroying people in in minutes, you know, no selling pile drivers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so in order to continue this this rise of this badass character, they're gonna put him in a comedy act with Danhausen. How is that good for Hook at all? Other than AEW fans. A lot of them who don't care about any sort of real storyline or continuity in wrestling and just want chuckles. But it seems like if if the plan long term is to build this guy as a badass, this is detrimental to that. I didn't know what you were going to bring up. So a little peek behind the curtain. This show, this podcast is not scripted. Nope. Um, and when I realized what you were going to bring up and what you started talking about, I got sad. <laughs> Because I was really sad watching Hook on AEW this week. As a long-time fan of his father, and clone. Especially, especially how he was uh, booked in ECW, I appreciated send Hook, kick, you know, choke you out, leave. Doesn't even acknowledge it, doesn't get his hand raised, just storms out. I was fine with it. It brought me back to the days of his father. This shit with Danhausen, I remember the first time they interacted and everybody was like, oh, that's going to be a thing. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And it absolutely has been. And I hate it. I hate every single thing about it. He should have walked in there and dropped Danhausen on his head. Actually, he shouldn't even be helping him. Why does Hook care about Danhausen? <sighs> that being said, if he wants to, he can stop fucking Rebel. Wait, what? Did you see that tweet? <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. She's a little uh, old for him, I think. I she's, know. Which she's is, thirsty which is a little, as fuck, though. I was going to say, which is a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I was so sad. I, I hate it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> okay, it's not just me, though. <sighs> now, we did miss, uh, you know, WrestleMania Backlash predictions and all that stuff, so let's let's quell that a little bit by making a prediction right here because it is what AEW is referring to as Wild Card Wednesday this week. We are going to find out who the Wild Card in the Owen Hart tournament for the men and the women is. So let me put you on the spot here, Sal. Who you got? I'll tell you who it's not going to be. Okay, first, it's it's not going to be Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Um, I know that's a nice little idea but that that's not who it's gonna be so if i had to guess it it might be tessa blanchard which that would be something yeah i'll I'll say tessa and uh i don't know bandito it's it's not gonna be anybody like that's gonna break the internet okay yeah, I, I'm honestly, I will say, for the sake of, of being different, I'll go with Cesaro on the men's side, and I'll say, 
who would be on a woman's side. I, I think I do think Candice LeRae probably ends up there eventually, but I'm not sure she's all the way back from the baby yet that she wants to get back in the ring at this point. Right. Um, typically, we see women, you know, usually want close to a year before they get back in the ring after. After I was going to say that that's my number one reason I don't think it's going to be Candice, and therefore I don't think it's going to be Johnny. Right. Um. What if it's Nia Jax? Ew, gross. I'm just saying. Speaking of which, <laughs> no, know, I don't. I, for the record, I don't think it will be Nia Jax. Um, I'll say Deanna Perrazzo just because she was on recently, and okay, her and yeah, Britt sure. Baker are, are sort of tight. So, yeah, that's true. Oh, they are actually. If you see some of their pictures when they drink together. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, you know, at the risk of being politically incorrect, because you know, two guys from Somerville, that's what we give a fuck about. Um, and I know Troy likes to tell me not to yuck anybody's yum, but but I will say that I don't care for a Nia Jax OnlyFans. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Don't need to see those pictures posted anywhere like I have seen over the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm just throwing that out there. So if that's what she's doing now, good for her. I'm I, I'm good. <laughs> now, Scholar Bordeaux, that's a whole other story. I guess I'm just not familiar enough with the OnlyFans phenomenon to understand it. It just seems to me you're paying to have pictures of women in bikinis and shit that are pretty much already out there on the Internet. So... Well, I'm I'm not paying for jack shit. Let's let's be clear about that. <laughs> but um, no, you know, there there's always the thought that like maybe this will turn into porn. <laughs> it, hey, remember you know that fucking uh, Hollywood actress Bella Thorne? No. You don't know Bella Thorne? No. She's the one who got like a million dollars on OnlyFans in one day, and they had to like rewrite like the distribution rules and shit. I'll take your word for it, though. Anyway, she was on fucking Disney shows, and now she's producing porn, so... Okay. It it does... That girl from Boy Meets World! Danielle Fischel? No, I wish. Uh, No, Maitland Ward. Oh, yeah, yeah, the redhead. Yeah, she does porn now. Oh, okay. And she does a lot of it. Not that I would know. I mean, like, I hear these things. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, boy. All right, so what else we got to talk about? Well, you mentioned uh, WrestleMania backlash. It was uh, it was a poor card. It was, it was kind of I completely a disagree with you. I completely really? disagree with you. I think that WrestleMania backlash was a banger of a card. To be completely honest with you, the in ring on that show rivaled an AEW pay per view. Meaning there was a lot of botches. I thought, I thought Edge, I thought Edge and AJ brought it. I thought Seth and Cody brought it. I yes, thought, no, Seth and Cody. I thought, no, the, okay. I thought the six man at the end was fantastic. I <sighs> thought, I thought Bianca was, was great. I thought the whole show was great. Really? Yeah. I don't know. The only thing Maybe I didn't it. really get into was Madcap Moss and and fucking uh, Corbin. Oh God, that but, was awful. That was terrible. Um. It just you know what the problem is because they didn't build up any of this stuff other than just rematches. To me, it just fell flat. Like no, and I will say this: you're right. The ing ring was fine. Um, I, I did enjoy Seth versus versus Cody a lot. 
And and AJ versus Edge was fine, but it wasn't better than their Mania match. And I'm glad Rhea's part of of the the faction, you know, the Judgment Day. But I mean, I, I kind of saw that one coming a mile away. So that you know wasn't like a big moment. And then I'm still trying to figure out why they didn't unify the tag titles. But you know, they have been dragging that fucking story out for I can't even tell you how long. Why? Nobody wants the fucking tag titles unified. Nobody I do. Cares. I do. Uh, no, I'm good with the Usos they, holding no, the No, they have and, like and four legit tag teams. I'd rather get them unified so that they're all going after one title rather than have two separate titles with six tag teams of any relevance in the company. Okay, but the Usos having the SmackDown tag titles make the bloodline even more relevant. And RK-Bro sure. are the most entertaining part of, of Raw. You really think we're, we're that far away from Orton turning on, on Riddle? I know it's happening soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say this. The, the, it's so funny, and we've said it before, on the, I, or at least I've said it before on this show, and I'll say it again. You can 100% tell by randy orton's enthusiasm the degree to which he enjoys what he's doing in terms of a program and he is fucking all in on this shit like he is having the time of his life working with riddle and it just it shows all over his face and in every promo he cuts it is grade a perfect top shelf randy orton stuff which is why i don't think he's he's turning anytime soon maybe but you do have to the uh, the obvious arc would be SummerSlam, right? Like, he turns on him at some point, maybe at Hell in a Cell, and then you do the match at SummerSlam. Oh, I gotta admit, Orton would get... Because they built this so well, and Orton looks like he's having so much fun, They Orton would get some major heat if he turned on Riddle. Yeah, probably. Uh, speaking of major heat... A guy who likes to think of himself as a heat magnet, right? What did you think of the contract signing with MJF and Wardlow? I'm sorry, I saw one of the worst flops I've ever seen. Um, well, keep it in your pants next time. <laughs> well, 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 well. Um, I just, I, I will, I will say, I appreciate the fact that they're on air calling out that it's an exact carbon copy of the Cody and MJF program. Um, mm. But we're three years in and we're already out of ideas. <laughs> like, um, I mean, let's be honest. We're, we're currently dealing with CM Punk goes through everyone in the dark order to get to hangman page. Yep. yep. We, we've gone twice now through the, you got to go through all of MJF's friends to get to MJF. Now we're going and, and now we're on the third run of that. At least that I can think of. At least, because Jericho had to go through MGF's friends to get to MJF. But so did Punk. And you know what? So did Moxley. Like, how are we so bereft of ideas in this company already? We, didn't we have two years worth of storylines written already? So that, well, it's been it's been past two years. So that's it. The, the notebook only held two years. They didn't know what to do after that. So, um, I, I will say there was something entertaining about the di dynamic of him playing up to the long, uh, the Long Island crowd, and and them kind of 
uh, buying into it. They did turn on him, though, especially when he started talking about going up to uh, Stanford in 2024. All of a sudden, they didn't like that very much. Would you think he's having fun with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just because it's on the Internet and he knows it's out there, so he's just kind of throwing it in his promos just to get the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do think there is an element of, you know, he, he will go to the highest bidder. I think. Oh, yeah. He sees this as perhaps his biggest potential payday for the rest of his career, and he's going to get every cent of it he can. And I don't blame him, nope. but I, I would not be surprised if if Tony, especially by then, will know how this Cody story turns out. And I wouldn't be surprised if MJF becomes the highest paid wrestler in the history of the business, and Tony Khan's the one who's paying him. The final, I would, the final in the third quarter was thirty-nine to fourteen. Yikes. That is embarrassing. That, that is, is one of the worst third quarters in the history of the Celtics playoffs. But anyway. Anyway. So at least it won't distract you. At least it's not a good uh, it's not a good watch right now. No, not really. Okay. Uh, anything else from TV this week that you wanted uh, to bring up? Um, Even if it's not wrestling TV. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting that you said that. Let's talk about something. Uh, have you seen uh, Doctor Strange yet? Yes. Okay. I have not yet. So. <laughs> and, oh. So spoil, okay. spoiler free. Uh, how would you would you recommend it? I I live with a obsessed Marvel fan. Um, As do I. And she kind of hot shotted her way through everything because she didn't start watching until the pandemic. Okay. And then she just like watched everything. Yeah. So, I think we both had uh, certain expectations, and and you have to see it. There are a lot of visually amazing things, but I don't think it was their best effort. Okay. Um, and I I think I think a few of the things they, especially uh, the the director over there. Um, Sam Raimi. Raimi. Uh, there was definitely his presence felt, but that kind of made it a little different than what I'm used to seeing from Marvel. Okay. Some people love that. Some people didn't. Um, ultimately, absolutely, you have to see it, but definitely not my favorite Marvel movie of 2022. Okay. Um, is there any movie coming out that you're actually super excited to see? Thor. <laughs> okay, I'm not well, just Marvel, just in general. Well, that was the first one that came to my mind because okay. I, um, the first thing I, I saw when I went to go see Doctor Strange was the trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder. And you know, as a child of the '80s, I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> I am looking forward to that. And then I was I'm considering the new Jurassic World. I'm, I'm thinking that was, that's going to be pretty good. That was the one on my mind because, as you know, it's it's funny because I grew up as a kid with the original Jurassic Park trilogy, mm-hmm. and I watched my son grow up with the new Jurassic Park series, Same. and now this third one is bringing both stories together and bringing back the characters from the original one to interact with the characters in the new one. I just think it's a really fucking cool. Uh, idea. We'll see how it pans out once it's actually on film, but I am fucking so into it. For all the criticism that Disney gets for the Star Wars trilogies, whether they were, you know, 
the newest trilogies or even the, the prequel trilogies got a lot of criticism too. Um, I thought they did a really nice job at Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, they called back when they needed to. They kept the suspense and the Jurassic danger. Jurassic World, but yes, Jurassic World. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's been a fun ride, and I'm looking forward to the third one. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it should be fun. I'm definitely all in on it. So, Speaking of old school things from the 80s, have you seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2? No. I haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog 1. They, you know what? They did a really good job on both of them. Okay. I'll take and your word good, for it. <laughs> good thing they, uh, they changed how he looked, because originally... Uh, the stills came out of, of him looking more lifelike, and it was awful, and everybody complained. And they changed the character, and it's much better now. Okay. Well, it's funny that you bring that up, because it does sort of remind me of something else that we haven't talked about, which is the stories coming out regarding this AEW video game. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this this project that Tony Khan has admitted that they've sunk over $40 million into already um, now is coming out that there's only, what, what did they say, like 20 playable characters in it, some very small number, 50, whatever, some of whom are like guys that aren't even in the company. Owen Hart's a playable character. Well, Trent isn't. Um, meanwhile, there's limited move sets. There's graphics built around like early 2000s video games like this sounds like the worst case scenario for AEW's first video game but the lucky thing for them is that largely their fan base doesn't call them out for anything so they should be safe from criticism well ironically the other wrestling companies that released video games in the past 20 years, such as TNA. Uh, they had an awful video game. Um, and ECW's video game was pretty awful. But the difference was that neither of those companies sank $40 million into the stupid fucking game. Right. Which is... <sighs> I understand in business, once you're this far in, there's nothing you can do. But this was the worst financial decision that Tony Khan has ever made in regards to AEW. And that includes paying for Jungle Boys, for the rights to Jungle Boys theme song. Um, I don't get it. I, I do not get it. You, first of all, are never going to make anywhere close to what you spent on it back, even if the game was good. And now, even your hardcore fan base is probably not going to buy it if the game sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. I mean, even... They were going to have a hard time recouping that money even if it was a huge success with their fan base. Because right. there's just not enough casual fans that are going to go out and buy it. Um, but if they don't... If it's not a hit with their with their hardcore fans, then it's going to be a very, very tough, tough thing for them. And what scares me, and, and as somebody who is a gamer, the worst thing that can happen is that even if the hard, if the diehard fans buy it and they're like, okay, the graphics, whatever, you know, limited roster, but if the gameplay itself sucks, if the control sucks, if the camera views suck, if, if things piss you off while you're playing the game, you won't actually put up with it. Yeah, no gamer true. will. And, and, 
it, this could this could be historically bad. Like y'all remember what happened with ET back in like eighty <laughs> two. Oh, but man. anyway, but anyway, you know, speaking of the eighties, I was going to ask you this tonight because I thought it'd be fun. Uh, since we're all wrestling fans, and since a lot of wrestling fans listen to this podcast, I was going to ask you about your origin story. Wait a minute. What? Uh, when? Do you remember when the first time you watched wrestling was? What was it? And uh, kind of go from there. I want to say it was Saturday night's main event, and it was the... Uh, and now infamous, uh, you've got lust in your eyes for Elizabeth. Oh, wow. Um, what a time. What a show to first watch. Yeah. And WrestleMania five being my first WrestleMania. And that was of course the lead up to that. So nice, nice. So I kind of had a similar situation. Um, I saw a tape of SummerSlam 91 and it was the most, off-the-wall thing I had ever seen. And this was probably in October. So it was right before Survivor Series. So I remember I, like, I would go over to my older cousin's house, and, and we'd, we'd watch Survivor Series, and we watched uh, Rumble 92, which was even more... I was just... And I was 100% like, in. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't... To a, I don't know, to an eight, nine-year-old kid, I thought it was so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and not just Hogan, but, like, the shit they did at SummerSlam 91 with Bossman and Mountie. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And, and I fell in love. I fell in love with wrestling. And then, ironically, the WWE would fall off a cliff going into, like, 93 and 94. But I still watched... Because I was a dumb kid and I didn't know any better. <laughs> but it was around 94 that I started finding out about WCW. Because that's when Hogan went there. And I was a Hulkamaniac. So I was like, oh, what's this on the other channel on TBS on Saturday nights? Okay. Yeah, no, I, I remember the old school WCW Saturday night shows and Clash of Champions, I think, was my first real experience with the... WCW side was sort of like the Sting and Black Scorpion was the first thing I really remember following over there and really being into that storyline um, because I thought it was really done well at the beginning. At least as a kid, I always thought so. Right. Um, and then the reveal, the fake reveal, and then finally it was Ric Flair. And honestly, like it was it, to look back now, it's cheesy, but in the '80s, dude, it was sort of cool. Oh yeah. Oh, there was so many things that worked good back then. And, yeah, probably nowadays it wouldn't work. But for the time period, it really did. It built drama. You know, it got you invested. It just, it was a different time. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a much funner time, too. And now Adam's going to yell at me for saying, much funner. <laughs> I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Because you know what, Adam? You're not fucking here tonight, bro. So I can say whatever the fuck I want to. Anyway. So, what else did you want to talk about tonight? Because obviously, we're not going to talk about the Celtics. <laughs> I don't know. They pretty much exhausted most of the topics I had. I don't know about you. Uh, for the most part, the only other topic I was going to discuss with you, because we never, we never get a chance to do this. 
you've been around the indie scene for a long, long time. Yeah. And I would never ask you to to pull back the curtain or anything like that. But just in the stuff that you've seen, um, how long do you think? Like, like here's a question: How long does it take someone to get really good at wrestling? Is there like a, a seven year period, like from when they first start, or is it like a, how many matches they've had? It depends. Okay. I, I mean, it's like anything else. Like, how many times do you see uh, an NBA player come straight out of college and be a stud versus the guy that takes five, six years to develop and then becomes a stud? It happens at different paces for everybody. Um, you know, using the citing recent, more commonly known examples, um, a guy like Anthony Green, I watched try gimmick after gimmick after gimmick um try to find different things that you worked and reinventing himself over and over again until he sort of found the retro gimmick and that really got him noticed and and the work at that point had sort of caught up to the gimmick and he was sort of just the rocket was strapped to him and he's ready to go be a star um then you look at a guy like josh briggs and i think i've told the story on the, on the show before but the first time I walked in and I saw him training at the Bell Time Club with Mike Hollow, I looked at Bo Douglas and I said, if that kid is even halfway talented in the ring, he's going to make someone a lot of money because he just has that Because he has a presence. He has, he has a that presence. He had the look. Yep. He had everything about him. Um, same thing I said with Christian Casanova, um, mm-hmm. who obviously now Carmelo Hayes. Um, because I looked at that guy and I said, that guy's got money signs all over him. Book him on every show you can now while he's cheap and he's just getting started because eventually you're not going to be able to afford him anymore. Um, and that's ultimately what happened. But, um, and there have been guys that I thought would be huge stars who just, it never panned out for one reason or another. But, um, but yeah, those are some recent examples of, of, of that some some like I said AG took a long time to sort of find that thing whereas with I mean and I say it was faster for Carmelo but you know he went through his Michael Jackson impersonator phase obviously and then found you know the the Killanova and that was when it really so it, sometimes it's just a matter of marrying the right gimmick with the right wrestler for that that thing to take off it's it's so crazy, like because you know, obviously, watching not only the indies but watching you know WWE for as long as I have, that there are times when a guy's thirty one, thirty two, and you can see it. He's in his prime. He's at the top of the business. He is absolutely one of the best wrestlers in the world. And then you look at a guy like Austin Theory, who's twenty four, and you're like. Yeah, that guy who's who's 33 and he's on top of the world, he wasn't that good at 24. Nope. So it's like, does it matter? Or are some people just born with it? Like, And Austin Theory's one of those guys I brought up on this show when he was still, you know, mid-carding and evolved, that he was going to be, he, he looked like he was going to be something. Um, so that's part of what I enjoy about watching the indies and watching some of these, you know, higher level indies, limitless, etc., is seeing these guys like, like AG, like Daniel Garcia, like uh, Austin Theory, and then talking to you guys about them and just watching years later as they become stars. It's pretty yeah. pretty cool. 
that's that's going to be amazing, man. Um, do you see a lot of people that start and then they just kind of give up because it's too hard? The majority do. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so they go through school, they go through training, and they just can't I mean, do it. A it's lot too of them hard. don't make it through the first month of training. To be honest, that I figured. Um, but there are a lot of people that, and there are a lot of people who. You know, get they have the itch, but they don't want to be those guys that travel the road and are humping in and out of state and doing three hours. Like, they'll find a local promotion that they really are comfortable working with and guys they really like, and they'll just sort of stay there, and it'll be a home promotion for them, and, and that's fine. Like, it's, it's like any other walk of life. Everybody's goals and aspirations in there are different. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like I said, we never get to pick your brain about this stuff. Well, now we and have an open format, and anytime we want to do that, we can. Awesome. But we should save some for uh, for our buddies when they come back next week. Yes, absolutely. So I guess, I mean, that's pretty much all I got, unless you wanted to, if you had anything else you wanted to discuss before we get out of here. That's it. Just by the time you guys listen to this, you'll know who the Jokers are. Yep. And I will say this in advance. I don't understand either. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you guys. Appreciate you all hanging in there for those you know, two, three weeks we were away. And I hope you can understand and appreciate the format change and why we felt we needed to do it. And hope it's creating a different environment and something cool for you guys to listen to um i know i had fun here tonight and hopefully we can keep doing this every week um but uh you know just we needed to find a way to make this fun again and i think for me this is it but if there is something specific you want us to touch on a topic you really want us to discuss on the show please email us at rundownwrestling at gmail.com leave us a voicemail um, uh, th- that info will be at the end of the show um, you can or interact with us on rundownwrestling.com yep twitter too um, rundown wrestling on, at twitter at rundown wrestling I believe is the, the twitter um, yeah just hit us up with the things you want us to talk about we'll be more than happy to discuss them and you know we'll be bringing our own stuff obviously so um, hopefully we'll try to make this a little bit more interactive with you guys too so we can talk about the things you want us to talk about just don't want to sit here and re- rehash you know nine hours of TV every week and I'd rather just hit on interesting things that are going on and uh, have a fun conversation and interaction with each other and, and hopefully you guys so absolutely I had fun tonight man. this was fun absolutely I'm looking forward to keeping this going and, and getting the other guys back with us and and having just some fun with this and, and getting back to doing what we enjoy doing so until then, until next week, Sal, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And until next week, we will run your ass down next time. Bye-bye. Fuck the heat. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon 
at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>